0: Welcome to the Clinical Pharmacists podcast, where we discuss interesting topics related to clinical pharmacists in general practice. My name is Runa, your host, the clinical lead of CPS and the training and development manager of Clinical Pharmacists Academy. And as always, we do have our co-host Mahmoud.
1: Hello everyone. My name is Mahmoud. I'm a clinical pharmacist, independent prescriber, and I'm the founder of Clinical Pharmacy Solutions, and I'm the managing director.
0: So for today's podcast, we're actually shifting perspective in this episode because today's guest is not a clinical pharmacist, but is actually involved in the management and support of PCNs and is also the host of the business and healthcare podcast. We're really excited to have with us today, Tara Humphries, who is the founder of THC primary care and has been in the primary care field for six years. Welcome to the podcast, Tara.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I feel nervous. I'm not used to being on the other side.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll be just fine. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, So I know you're very accomplished and um, you have many skills and roles in the primary care field. Um, Please tell us a little bit
2: more about yourself. So I've got my own business. I've got a couple of employees and also of contractors and uh, we provide interim network management support to primary care networks and we also provide training and facilitation and consulting to networks and i'm also part of the nhs england time for care team where i support practices and networks and federations with quality improvement
0: i see okay that's fantastic um right so let's get straight into it then um can you tell us uh, what your experience with pharmacists has been like in
2: the general practice sector what, what's your experience been like so it's been really, really positive. I'm really lucky that the networks that I have worked with and currently work with, we have recruited some amazing, amazing pharmacists. So I've been very lucky in that respect, but I suppose from a management perspective, understanding that, like what a pharmacist can do and embedding them into the team and understanding the levels of experience has been it's 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 not been a learning curve it's just been it's just new to me but it's been very very positive
1: tara i know you've been involved in supporting clinical pharmacists in pcns can you tell us more about what support is available for pcn pharmacists
2: so what we've been doing is just trying to make sure we give them a really solid a really good induction we've got some pharmacists that have got a general practice background so they you know, they've got a slight advantage on the pharmacists that are coming from a community background. So it kind of, even before they start, it's really working with the practices to help them understand what the role can do and understanding their experience, building the induction plan. And then we've been looking for training. And I heard you guys on the general practice podcast with Ben Gowland, and we'd been looking for training And we, I, I don't even think I finished listening to the podcast. I was like, yep, that's what I need. Went onto (laughs) your website. It's really self-explanatory. Said to Tahira, who's kind of like our lead pharmacist, have a look at this. What do you think? She was like, yes. So in regards to training, we've used you guys. We also go to our training hub. So I would advise people to contact their local training hub to see what support that they can provide There's also in Redbridge where I'm currently supporting, they've got forums and we link very closely to people in the CCG to offer them support. And I think on Fridays, there is like a pharmacist forum. So I think it's a combination of going out and looking for training organisations like yourselves speaking to training hubs working closely with the CCG and also just linking with other forums that are going on that's been really really helpful to me.
1: So that's fantastic. I think pharmacists do need uh, extra support when they first start especially you know with the pharmacists who never worked in general practice. You mentioned training hubs is that something that's available for all the pharmacists yeah. nationwide or is it just No, everywhere area.
2: everywhere and I think that's kind of where I started my kind of primary care experience so everywhere every uh, ccg area will have a training hub a bit like pcn some are more mature some are oh, some are like all singing all dancing they offer everything some are some don't it really does depend but i think that it is a good place to start and a lot of that training will already be centrally funded via um, Health Education England.
1: See, okay. Well, the role is new for pharmacists, but it's also new for GP surgeries as well. So can you tell us more about the challenges that the pharmacists face and also the challenges that the GP surgeries and PCNs face when once they employ the pharmacists?
2: I think that from a primary care network based point of view, the organizations, if you'd even call them that, the networks are so new. So I think there's a challenge of time. So every area is recruiting pharmacists, but I think some networks may underestimate the time it takes, not because pharmacists or any roles are really, um, you know, like it's not bad, but I think if you're going to introduce a new role, a brand new role where they're not just working in one practice, they may be supporting, in my case, eight practices making sure that they've got all of their IT people understand, you know, like the scope of their role, what training is in place, how are they going to supporting their death specifications? It's that time. And I'm having a conversation today um, with Tahira where we're talking about your structured medication reviews and what needs to be in place and, you know, what's the time allocation. So all of that needs to be worked out. And I think it's a challenge for networks if you don't have if your clinical director is pulled in millions of, you know, millions of directions and you may not have a network manager that has got the time, I think new roles would struggle in that respect. And I okay. think the role of a pharmacist in our, it's not brand new. We have got pharmacists in general practice. I think it's, it's time and trust. And, you know, we've introduced these pharmacists our pharmacists in the middle of a pandemic where they're working from home. So not building the rapport and those relationships you would do if you were working in just one practice so i think that is a challenge lots of people have to face it's not unique to pharmacists but working working virtually and i did a like a review with our pharmacists and said like what's working well and they all said working from home but then they did say i do want to go into practice like they do want to go into practice but they like the fact that they can work from home so I think that is because they know that they'll be able to achieve what they want to faster because they'll be there.
1: See, Okay, brilliant. Thank you.
2: So Tara, I know you've been in the industry for
0: quite a few years now. um, And uh, we have said that, you know, the pharmacist in primary care and general practice, it is a relatively new role. And for that reason, it's a developing role as well. And and from your exposure to the pharmacists and just being in the primary care field, And what's it like now having pharmacists um, as part of the practice team? I mean, is there anything possible now that wasn't possible before pharmacists came along? Have you seen any changes? So I would say
2: they bring a level of just, you know, like just different expertise. And so as an example, we're reading through the desk. Uh, around the specification for structured medication reviews and Tahira just ask questions that, that just don't get asked you know like usually because she has got that level of expertise and I think what they bring to the primary care network and I don't know if I should say this but it's that they're funded roles uh, centrally and they come in and they make the practice money so it's just if it was my business I would I would want as many pharmacists as I could Get my hands on. So they bring a different level of expertise. They in, they reduce the they, or they increase capacity for the clinical staff, and they they generate income for the practice. So I think that is it's a no brainer. It's been extremely positive, and it is positive. Mm-hmm.
1: I've certainly met pharmacists who do make a big contribution toward a GP surgery, you know, earnings. They do obviously increase the access for patients to a healthcare professional. uh, But also, you know, I know a number of examples like that where the pharmacists come in and have that big impact Mm. in the practice. You're absolutely right.
0: So Tara, what qualities would you say that you look for in a pharmacist when you see a pharmacist come in? What sort of qualities
2: stand out in a pharmacist? So I would say the qualities I currently have in, I say my pharmacists, they're not mine, but they feel very attached to them. You need to be patient. So patient. I think that's probably the main one. I think it is just being patient. If you're working across multiple practices, you may not be able to hit the ground running as fast as you would like. So being patient, being flexible. The main ones I always say to network staff coming in, first comes trust, then comes change. So you have to be quite proactive and let people know that you're there. Some people will just be like, yep, crack on, off you go. And some may be harder to crack. So I think you just have to be resilient. You have to make yourself visible, which is different and difficult when you're working virtually. And but just come with, like any member of staff, just come with a, a can-do positive attitude. And in regards to, I suppose, promoting PCNs, I absolutely love it. Sometimes, you know, like, like any job, some days it's very tough, but there is no, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I wouldn't want to do anything else at this moment in time I think it's for new pharmacists coming in I think it's really exciting you can shape and, and mold the role and you know be a leader and quickly be seen as that person you become indisposable really quickly because once they understand the scope and the expertise that you bring if you're a good cultural fit in their network they will they'll will hang on to you no, like one of our pharmacists wanted to leave for personal reasons. I was like, you're not going anywhere. Like, how can we make this work for you? Because we wouldn't want to lose her.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because now GP surgeries are becoming dependent on, on this pharmacist as well, because we frequently get asked to cover, you know, maternity sick or holiday times absence in GP surgeries.
0: So Tara, what advice would you give to a pharmacist, you know, first starting out in primary care roles? And what advice can you give to
2: pharmacists wishing to
0: transition into this sector?
2: Um, I'd say be patient, reach out to kind of other network pharmacists. There's loads of you guys out there. Kind of ask for what you need. And, and just, but you might not get everything that you need straight away. And you have to kind of, see it from an organization's point of view but I think be very uh, very vocal we have like one-to-ones with our pharmacists and we have a like group meetings and make sure you've got you know adequate support around you and be vocal and request and ask your network your network manager your clinical directors clinical leads what it is um, make it known what you need to be able to do your job to the highest standard and that may be training, that may be clinical supervision, it may be having an informal mentor. Um, and just, I suppose, just come with a can-do attitude. There'll be some pharmacists listening to this will think, yep, I can, I'm off, I'm off to a flying start. Some of you may not all have that experience and it may be a little bit difficult, but I would say you just stick at it and just stay close to your clinical directors and ask for what you need, what resources do you need to be able to do, deliver your job to the high standard, because they may not know. So I think, yep, just request, be patient, be proactive.
0: Thank you. And that's fantastic advice. And on that note, with regards to um, the support networks, you know, for that very reason as well, we found that pharmacists especially starting out in a new role. You know, they did struggle a little bit at times when they didn't have the correct support network or the right support network around them. So we've actually uh, recently launched our Telegram group um, called Clinical Pharmacists Network. And, um, you know, we've got myself there, we've got Mahmoud there, and we've got plenty of other really experienced pharmacists. And the aim of the group is basically just to support pharmacists, whether they have any clinical queries or with regards to how do you find this on system one or emis uh, and all sorts. So I encourage um, all pharmacists who are looking for that support network around that they can easily get that uh, from our Telegram group, and you can find uh, the link to that in the on our website so it's open to all pharmacists in the uk
2: cool i will i'll have a look i'll I'll let my team know (laughs) thank you
0: well tara it's been a pleasure speaking to you today it's been really nice to get your perspective on things and you've also given us some great advice too all the best to you and please continue the great work that you do supporting pcns thank you my pleasure this podcast was brought to you by clinical pharmacist academy supporting pharmacists to transition into the general practice sector and accelerate their career as a clinical pharmacist. For more information about our academy, visit cpaweb.org.uk.